0: And good morning, my name is Keith Robertson. I'm the pastor here. For all of you guys that are new, you guys that are joining us at home, glad to have you here. Um, We're continuing this series called Can You Relate? And we're looking into all of the different relationships that have been strained, certainly in a new way over the last year. Uh, This morning we're talking about parents and parenting. And listen, parenting is amazing. Parenting is amazing. Uh, If only, if only for the incredible memes that it produces, all right? And I feel like every great message on a Sunday starts with a few good memes. So I just want to invite you in to a few memes on parenting. Number one, uh, nap time is so important because that's how it looks, but that's how it feels. And if you know, you know, for those of you new parents that have had small children, this is an important time. So be careful. All right. Uh, Also. Uh, Packing up for the beach pre-kids versus packing up for the beach post-kids. And I promise you, our car has looked like that at times. Okay, that's so true. There's so many things kids need, so, so, so many things. Um, Where is your other shoe, every parent ever? And just small confession, we have four kids. I'm the fifth kid in the house. Because I regularly ask my wife where everything is. And so pray for her soul. All right. And then finally, bathroom break. They will find you. There is no personal space with parenting, amen? All right, now, this, hey, listen, we're jumping into this this morning. You don't even have to have kids. There's, God has vision for this thing, and I, I love the hilarity of all of that because parenting is absolutely amazing, but there is also a lot of realness and authenticity and a lot of challenge that comes with it. Without question, it's probably the most rewarding and challenging of all the relationships because kids are such an amazing gift, whether you birthed them, adopted them, you fostered them, or they're not even yours, but you feel like you're physically raising them or covering them, or maybe you're just discipling someone on a regular basis, I don't, is there anything greater in this life to be able to lead those that are looking up to you for something, for safety, for covering, for hope, for leadership? That is both precious and daunting all at the same time. We want to do this thing well, and yet the enemy would love nothing more than to absolutely obliterate the relationship between a father and mother and their children. And so it's worth diving into and asking God for vision for this. And so whether you're going to have children someday, or you're a brand new parent, or you guys are veterans and empty nesters, you've got adult kids, and maybe now you're doing the grandkid thing. Whatever, Wherever you're at, we're looking to pour into the next generation, and that means God is wanting us to see that these relationships are thriving. He's got something for every one of us, regardless of where you're at. He wants to re-envision us with his ideas for this, and so that's what we want to be able to do all in a 30-minute window. Got it? We're going to do this. All right, Psalm 127. Grab your Bibles if you don't have them. Psalm 127. I want you to see this. And I'm not gonna actually stay up here alone long because I can guarantee you this, there is someone that is so much better at parenting than I am, and it's my wife, and I'm gonna have her up here in just a little bit sharing uh, and talking and us talking through some parenting. But as you're going to Psalm 127, you guys at home, be sure you grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, look under the chair in front of you if you're here. You guys at home, get it on your phone or grab your Bible. I want you to be able to see this because this is what the Lord has to say about kids. Psalm 127, verse three, behold, Be aware. Open your eyes. Children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. These relationships are a gift. This is what the Lord wants to say. They're a heritage, something that God is giving graciously, passing down generation to generation. The most costly and precious thing you've got in your home are your kids. That's... Without question, they are the reward. And so the scripture's opening us up, saying it's time to be keenly aware of the importance, the privilege, the richness, and the foundation that is laid from parenting. And it goes on to say, and it, it, it makes this really kind of incredible connection here, and it almost doesn't make sense, but it says, like arrows, verse four, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Now, how are kids like an arrow in the hand of a warrior? What what is the, this is actually Solomon writes this psalm. What is he actually saying? What he's saying is there's life and vitality and covering where kids are. What he's trying to say and communicate is, listen, when you've got, uh, when, you got, when, when a warrior has arrows, he's got energy, he's got vitality, he's got covering. So he's saying, your kids, you get to be a blessing to them, but also these kids get to be a blessing to you, bringing, I don't know if you ever heard the term, you know, oh, the kids are keeping me young, right? What he's saying is, hey, there's vitality here, there's need for, uh, the co- there's covering that happens in these relationships and says, you're not going to be put to shame, meaning when you're at the end of your days, you're going to have someone who's ready to come and cover you. And walk with you. This is this design. This is God's desire. A lot, you know, I was looking as I was doing research on this. Aristotle asked the question. One of his writings called Politics. He asked the question whether or not it's actually worth having a number of children. Because he said it comes with so many groanings and tears. And he actually, he actually poses the idea of it might be better to be childless. And what God's saying is that's garbage. God has life and vitality to bring to you cover you, to be with you. This is his design. This is what he has for us. I love Jesus himself makes this incredible statement in Mark chapter 10. If you want to turn there, you can. We'll throw it up on the screen for you. And while Jesus never having kids himself gives the best vision for kids and for parenting, because they're People bringing kids to him, verse 13, they're bringing children to him that he might touch them and the disciples rebuke them. So all these parents and aunts and uncles are trying to bring these kids because they're looking for this incredible new rabbi who's going around doing these amazing things and they're saying, put your hands on our kid and touch them and bless them. We want, to be, we want them to be covered and the disciples are going, you guys, Jesus has got a ton of amazing ministry to do. Get the kids out of the way and Jesus is going, brothers, You have misunderstood why I'm here. I'm here to bring a blessing from generation to generation. I'm here to change the the course of your family history. And he invites them in. Jesus saw it. Look at what he says. He was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children... In fact, this same text in Luke says they've got babies, infants. It's talking about little kids. He says, "Bring these little kids to me. Do not hinder them, for such, for to such belongs the kingdom of God." Jesus wants the kids brought to him. And if I got any vision statement to give to you this morning, whether you're a parent right now or not, or someday, bring your kids to Jesus. This is the aim and the purpose, and if there's one singular thing that we can talk about this morning, the ultimate aim of parenting is to connect our kids with one person, son of God. This is why we exist. This is why we're here. This is what we're doing. This is what we're about. This certainly will be what this church family is about, bringing people to Jesus. That's the call on families, it's the call on parents, it's the call on aunts and uncles and friends and roommates and whoever else is walking around you. This is the lens by which we get to make all of the decisions that we make in parenting. And this is reiterated over and over, and we'll see it throughout Scripture. Ephesians chapter six, verse four, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline And the instruction of the Lord. Gospel literally rewrites the whole parenting thing. There was this broken, often heavy handed relationship over fathers and their children. Fathers were often heavy and angry, trying to do the, if you will, the behavior modification thing to get the kids lined up. And he's saying, this is not the way we're going to lead the next generation with measures of performance and making sure that they're somehow measuring up with their achievements, which, by the way, in this culture, we live in that live, that pressure. I don't know if you feel, you feel that. You feel that pressure pushing in on you. Make sure your kid is up to par in the standardized testing and make sure that there's some kind of amazing athlete and all the things are coming at us all the time and God saying, "Hey, there's something 10 times more important." I love this actually, this is the root word here for this word discipline, because even when you hear the word discipline, you're like, okay, what does that mean or look like? The root words, the exact same word that Paul uses just a few sentences earlier in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. He says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. Root word for discipline here is the same root word for nourish. This picture is grabbing kids intentionally and with tenderness, leading them. to the son of God. This is what we do. It's not a call to point at God and say, go be like that. It's a call to say, Hey, follow me. Watch me as I run after Jesus. He finishes this um, moment with these disciples as they're trying to push the kids away. And he says here in Mark 10 verse 15, truly, I say to you, Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and he blessed them and he laid his hands on them. Parents have a call. Parents have a call to impart to their children what it looks like to be a child who needs God. This is what Jesus is trying to say. I want the little kids to come to me because I want them to have a picture, an understanding of this. When you want to walk into and to be a part of the kingdom of God, the most powerful way we show and demonstrate the kingdom of God is we open our hands up like children and say, I need God. What our kids need is not for you to be the Messiah. Right? When, God, when Jesus, listen, when Jesus says, uh, let these kids come to me, and that it, unless you're like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Listen, uh, you, you can try to equate that with all the sweetness of the kid's humility and the sweetness of the kid's innocence, but let's be honest. Sometimes your kids are not very humble, and they are often very not innocent, okay? That's not what he's pointing to. What, but what your kids all have is great need, need for your cover, need for care, need for connection. And that's what he's trying to point to. We all have to come hands up and open saying, I have need. I want to be on display as needing God. This is what our parenting is about. They don't need you to be Jesus. They need Jesus and to see that our desire and hunger is for him. And all that we do from the time that they're tiny to the time that they're full grown, what we're looking to do is connect their hearts, bring them to Jesus. We connect our discipline to a person. We connect our boundaries to a person. We connect their hurts to a person who is their healer. We connect their disappointments to a person who is making all things new, the Son of God. This is what we do. And so here's what I want to do. We talk big picture all day long, but what I would really love to do is have a real life. And this is what one of the things that we do here at this church. We like to have real life conversations and get into the nitty gritty of what it actually means and looks like to live this life with the Lord. And so this morning I wanted to take the opportunity to bring my incredible and awesome wife up here, Megan, uh, to have this conversation. You guys help me welcome Megan. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. All right. I wanted, uh, so I asked Megan to just jump in on this with me. One, because she's unbelievable. One one of the things that I love most about Megan is the incredible intentionality with which she lives. I can kind of of just float in the clouds a little bit. My wife's like, come on, we're going there. We're going somewhere. And I love that about her. And she has done that certainly in our marriage, but also with uh, parenting. And so that's why I've got her up here cause she has great and marvelous things to say. So the, the first question of course I have is how amazing of a husband am I? <laughs> is that you, you are amazing. So good.
1: You are. Am I okay. on? Hello? Can yeah, you
0: hear
1: Okay. hear me? No, no, hey, right. hold no. on. Hold on. I, I'll, I want, you are. I know that was a joke, but
0: <laughs> well. I, I, I'll
1: start off with that though. Yes. This wasn't planned. I promise. Um, I was actually thinking this morning, (laughs) while I was praying and just getting my heart ready to just think about this and kind of soak in this message, I was thinking about yesterday um, what a sweet moment it was, and I'll just lead off with this because it was a real world thing, but um, our family had a really busy Saturday yesterday, and everybody was going all different directions, and everybody had fun plans, and our youngest is eight. His name is Jonathan, and he's an athlete, and so he was playing a flag football game, and then he was gonna get invited to go to this um, awesome soccer game in Nashville with a friend, and it got canceled. And so Keith, so I gave the news to Keith, and he was like, oh. Like, his response immediately was, he's gonna be so bummed. And that was our text. I was like, I know, and like, sad face. And so about 30 minutes later, I got a text from Keith, and he's like, I'm gonna go take Jonathan out for a, like, father-son thing, just to, like, be with him because I know he's going to be sad yeah. and I just thought that's such a great picture of like how you connect with them just going I care about the things you care about I'm sad that you're sad and here's what I'm going to do to like bless yeah. you and it reminded me of that's how the father like tends to us mm. and so you are awesome oh, you're an amazing dad awesome. you are
0: alright let's pray you guys come to the altar <laughs> Jesus we're just kind of awesome. I'm just kidding um so. alright <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I do um, I mean we we have um what what the scripture here says we I think we've we've tapped into or at least uh, we've asked God to help us tap into which is the richness and the blessing that kids are and with all the challenges that do do that does come with uh doing this parenting thing we've we've asked for vision for And we love
1: one. we love being parents.
0: It's, it's been it's awesome. our joy. It's absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, so uh from that just big picture uh, when, what do you enjoy most about parenting, and then what do you find to be most the most challenging part in your experience? Oh, gosh, that's like an easy
1: question. Um, <laughs> well, I think the thing that I enjoy the most is um, there's like you know everyday kind of like surface level things that we do like. I was telling Anna Grace this morning, like, she's one of my best friends. She really is. Like, we love to just, we have hobbies together. We love fashion. We And, there's, and then with Luke, he and I have the music connection. Um, we're both musicians. And then with my little two, there's separate things. But like, beyond that, um, I I do feel like this tension all the time of what you were talking about earlier, which yeah. is um, everything that we do is meant to point to the kingdom. And yeah. I feel like I live in that every day. Yeah. Um And so it's sweet because I get the honor and the privilege of um, turning those moments into something intentional that points to God. And (laughs) it's, just to keep it real, sometimes it's funny because, like, my kids will kind of know when I'm gonna go there, you know, it's like, and sometimes I can feel like, I won't name their names, but some of them are like, Mom, like, (laughs) not everything is, like, spiritual all the time, (laughs) you know, but, like, I just, it's such a joy to me because I'm like, if I get to be the first one to point them to the Father, like, what a privilege that yeah. is. And and so, like, our shopping trips or our, you know, um, music that we do together or um, the dancing that Elle makes me do, like, on a weekly basis. And she gets me up and she's like, dance with me. And I'm like, how can you say no to that? And then with Jonathan, like, throwing the football with him. Like, all of it is like, I'm investing in you because I want you to know that there's a a God who invests in you personally. And I wanna be the first picture of that. Um, And then the hardest things are just probably myself getting in the way of, um, you know, in a day where I'm not feeling like I have all this great perspective and wisdom and I'm, you know, cranky or tired or whatever. And it's like, I feel like I get in my own way sometimes of parenting just going like, I don't have what it takes and I'll start hearing these lies and some days I'll believe them. And so I think um, it's really not as much my kids making it hard on me as it is what I choose to live in that day that can make it hard. Yeah. And I think that's relatable. I think all of us can, you know, look back and go, um, how much of the percentage of my life have I spent feeling like I'm just walking in total victory? Sure. And how much do I not, you know? And so that's, that's the hardest thing. But, yeah, that's a huge question I don't know question. how to answer.
0: No, but it does, it does actually, I think, bring up... Um, uh, the the role that we are playing in parenting has this direct correlation to our own walk with God, yeah. and so it's hard to I think pr- press it. Uh, we feel the weight mm-hmm. more when we're in the flesh. Yeah. You know, when I'm I'm tired or frustrated or impatient or those kinds of things, mm-hmm. and um and that's what makes that feels like what makes challenging. Or what is most challenging about parenting is when you're in your own flesh, as opposed to. Right being yielded.
1: But something I love though that I've learned in our family culture um, that we've cultivated at home very intentionally is that even on those days, like you were saying earlier, um, it's not about my kids getting a picture of a perfect mom. It's a picture of my, it's my kids getting the picture of when mom's struggling, she runs to the perfect father and they get to see that process play out in me. And so something that we've done in our house is we've been very, um, public about our faith within the culture of our, our house. And that's something I actually heard the Lord tell me um, when I was a young mama. I was um, struggling with a lot of fear about, like, will I have what it takes? Or, um, I don't know, there was just, I think if we all think back, it's like you can you can look back and go, like, what are the moments where I just felt like I was soaring on the heights with the Lord? And then one of those moments where we're just feeling like, either oppression or or fear or whatever. And it's like in those moments the Lord was doing an inner work in me where he was just rooting out some things that I was gonna that were gonna I was gonna need to like carry with me on my parenting course. And um one of the things that he spoke to me privately was, I want you to make your faith public with your kids. And that wasn't like public, like I mean this is the most public I ever am really is like in this room. But like my public is our household. And so I remember there was this thing I'd heard from our, um, it was another generation's, I think, phrase. It's I feel like it's an ungodly belief, like it's a lie that got spoken over and over again, which is, no, my faith is private. That's between me and the Lord or whatever. And I like heard that growing up um, in different places. And um, one of the things that I heard the Lord tell me, whispered to me, was like, I want you to share what I'm doing in your heart with your kids. I want you to say it out loud. I want you to share your struggles, I want you to share your victories, like say it all out loud. And so we talk a lot <laughs> and pray together a lot um, at our house about on the really good days we celebrate and on the really bad days, we. Yeah. it's all very like out there. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah. okay. We t- um, I talked just before you came up about connecting kids to Jesus, you've talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. What does that look like in, in real life ways? What are the most m- meaningful ways we try to help connect? The kids to Jesus. I
1: think the number one thing for me, the number one conviction I have is modeling it. So like um, you were saying earlier, we don't want to just say go do this or don't do that. We want to like them to see us, you know. Yeah. And so like my kids know, like I have books stacked this high. I'm a writer, and so I have journals, and you know they're all beside my bed. And every day I spend time um, getting my thoughts straight and getting my heart right with the Lord, and and I write it down, and then so I'm I'm interacting with God. yeah, And so then it's like out of that, it's like I start this conversation with God that just kind of keeps going through the day. And then I'm bringing my kids into it with me. Yeah, I don't have these massive expectations on my kids when they're young, that they're going to like, you know, fill up journals yet with <laughs> the Lord or like be in the word every single day. Like there's no legalism with it. Um, it's more that call to um, worship God in spirit and truth. I think for parents, it's easy for the truth part. It's like we we want, it's easy to like lay down the law, like here's the rules, you know. Yeah. But the thing that has felt radical, I used to think it's radical, I don't anymore. But the thing that feels radical is bringing the spirit in on your parenting. Um, it's like, that isn't radical, That's that should be normal. Yeah. <laughs> we should be teaching them in spirit and in truth. And so it's like praying with them and um, letting them see me on a weekday. Again, like I, like, yeah. and not a weekday, like Monday through Friday, but like a weekday, W-E-A-K day, <laughs> <laughs> um, where I'm struggling and just letting them see that process and not hiding yeah. and pretending like everything's fine. or yeah. And so yeah. that's what we've done so far. Absolutely. Our oldest is 14, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. By the grace of God, we've tried. Um, so what? Do you, let, let's talk about challenges. Okay. What are, what are you, Feel like or believe are the biggest challenges to parenting and raising kids who love the Lord?
1: Um well, I um I believe the word of God says our battle is not against flesh and blood, um, but it's about um there's a spiritual battle going and there's a physical battle going. There's gonna be the world that's broken, you know, um, we have to acknowledge that. We're, we're living in a broken world. We are Those of us who have said yes to Jesus, we are reconciled. It's not like we're distant, far off. Like we have um, access, full access to the kingdom, everything good, but we are living one hour, I like to say, through this broken world. And right. so there's gonna be experiences that hurt and there's gonna be um, weak days, <laughs> fleshy days um, where our spirit is willing but our flesh is weak and there's gonna be um, influences that come in that you wanna protect them from. Yeah. I think um, a big part of the freedom for me as a mom is being intentional like he calls me to be, but also holding my hands like this and yeah. just going, God, they're yours and you can have your way with them. Help me to be a steward of them and help me to be faithful to everything you've called me to do, but not like have these unhealthy, unrealistic unreal- expectations or or boundaries or act like I'm God for them. Or, you know, like there is a releasing that we've gotta do where we entrust them to the Father, yeah. it's that tension between releasing and entrusting, and then also carrying that torch with passion of like I'm leading you to to God, yeah. you know. So um, I think that's the hardest thing is just managing that tension. Yeah. Um. There's going to be so many nuances to the to the situations that we live through. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I'm kind of keeping it up here. I'm trying yeah. to think of real world examples. Um, yeah. Well, do I you mean, have one?
0: Uh, and and I, I would just I mean. Uh there's a bajillion that's a number a bajillion <laughs> uh uh external influences yeah um that are trying to vie for our kids' hearts and minds, mm-hmm. and if you can't recognize that if you don't understand that, then that's a big deal so um i you know I just think in one of those challenges is deciding what's what influences get to come in, and then you know, even as they get older um some of those you can't help. I mean, the, some of those influences, you don't always get to, to ward off, so okay. to speak. And so asking that question, mm-hmm. and I was even uh, at a conference this past week, and I won't get into it, but uh, effectively, there was a, a young girl sitting who went through the darkest season of her life and was lied to and, and incredibly confused. And it, but she went through that season because of, uh, because of chatting that was happening online meaning this, there was uh, the dark thing that she was invited into was not even on her radar, except for she was just having conversations with people and it started amping up. And then all of a sudden she, she was looking back at her journals and saying, I, I could see that all I was then talking about was this broken thing that I walked through. And I went down this three-year window where uh, that was a literally destructive portion of her life because it was being amped up by the external influences. And so it was, um, and so she, by the grace of God, uh, she was pulled out of that. Um, But, uh, and and that's not to be like, oh, you know, uh, everything outside of uh, the church is the devil, But the devil is, without question, seeking to to try to come in and bring fear and brokenness. And our role and responsibility is to try to find those things and go, what's going to be life-giving to our children? And what are the things that are not? And trying to navigate some of that. Yeah,
1: and I I think, you know, um, that was a big... that was part of the culture, the inner, and I say culture, like my inner world, mm-hmm. before God started transforming me and renewing my mind, there was a lot of fear that yeah, I used fear. to operate in. Yeah. And um, and as I've walked step in step with the Lord in, in my parenting, you know, it's like um, with anything else that the Lord is doing in us, it's like. And I'm not trying to glaze over that whole no, situation no, that's so true. because I do think that there are some real things out there to you like bet. look at. However, yeah. we're not going to like walk through life in fear. Fear, yeah. And we're not going to be, um, you know, it, the more real world. It, that's you know tragic. And yeah. I mean, the Lord can do anything He wants to do. He can heal. There's nothing He can't do. So just bless
0: that whole situation.
1: <laughs> but but
0: and she was Sister
1: and she yeah, yeah. and but um, I have found that parenting. the the more real world experience that we have and probably most of us have is just dealing with those fears in our own hearts or in our home or um, those tendencies to walk in lack of any kind. No matter what kind of circumstance that you've walked in, it's like there's that tug and the, the enemy, he does want to steal, kill and destroy, but we're not walking around always scared of what he's, going to do, we're walking around with this renewed hope as our minds are renewed. And yeah. that's one of the ways I know my heart is being renewed as I'm walking around carrying a lot of hope, hope. in my parenting, um, in our marriage, yeah. in our friendships, like all my relationships. If... If, you know, that's become the new standard of, of walking with the Lord, it's, is, is if it's not full of hope and there's not a narrative in my mind where I can see a way out, I can see freedom, I can see victory, then it's broken. Yeah. And it's like, I need to go to the Lord and go, what's wrong here? Like, what needs to be redeemed and renewed in me? Perfect. I'm the one yeah. carrying the fear. I'm the one hosting the fear. God, forgive me for that and help me to, like, come up into this narrative with you that's
0: hope-filled. Amen. Because so it's good. always available. Absolutely. And I love that, and I think that's even um, can be just one of those little uh, indicators that pop up. If you find yourself feeling fearful all the time, it's a it's that, that's a great opportunity to come back to. This is you don't even have to have kids for this. This is just if you find that fear is the thing that's pressing you forward to pull that and say that this isn't from the Lord. So Lord, what do you what do you want to say here? Um, one of the um, Hardest things about parenting is to not see your kids' failures and successes as a part of your identity. So, if your kids are doing well, I think this happens often. This, so I would say, especially in our very highly uh, achievement-based culture, yeah. that your kids' successes or their failures are somehow a reflection on your identity. That uh, often, kids are pushing uh, parents push kids to either be successful and feel shame if they don't aren't successful. Uh, what what would your insight be uh, to parents on, on identity and the right way to even see kids' failures and their successes?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think this relates to even other French um, relationships besides parenting. Yep. But in general, we want to be carrying around a sense of identity rooted in, I'm a daughter or I'm a son. And so... That means I have um, responsibilities and roles and I have a destiny and I have a calling and I have purpose that's individual to me. And whenever I'm carrying that and I know that, it means I wanna look to the ones around me and go, what's the destiny and calling and purpose and, um, of their lives yep. and how can I cheer that on? How can I you know, um, speak life over that? How can I help that? How can I cultivate... Um, opportunities for that to happen for somebody else. And so it's not like we're walking around in this, um, codependent, um, my life is all tied to you and your life is all tied to me and we can't live separate. Um, we don't have separate identities. And I mean, we do like we, we are the family of God. Our, our children are really just an extension of the family of God. I mean, they're living in our house and it's so close and intimate and personal, but they're ultimately going to move out and be these you know awesome amazing like sons and daughters carrying the torch for the next generation and so i don't want to make it about me i mean i i i just i don't i don't want them to feel hitched to me in a way that feels like a burden yep. or um that feels like oppression or feels like you know they're made somehow to reflect me it's like no it's not about me they're made to reflect jesus and so as we like walk in health ourselves that way, I think it naturally helps our kids feel that healthy security of like, I have a purpose and a calling too, and it's not yeah. just tied to mom and dad. You know?
0: Yeah, well, and what that's what, what keeps feeling like it keeps coming up. I don't know if you guys keep hearing this theme, but it just, our own personal life in God, it becomes central to our ability. That's
1: all you're gonna hear to from parents. me. I'm good. That's all my cards on the table. This is my is. strategy: is, is be healthy with God, and then everything flows out of there. Amen.
0: So. It's good. Yeah. Well, let's uh, talk about. We have just a couple more questions, and then we'll we'll close our, our morning out. Um, talk about discipline, because yeah. it does say let's we're we're bringing kids up in the discipline there. Yeah. Our <laughs> our kids are like, when are you gonna get to that, mom and dad? <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about discipline. How do we do discipline? Yeah. Well, what what does that look like? What does that look like to a parent intentionally and do dis- discipline well? Okay,
1: so I'm not gonna give um, examples of things that have happened in our house because I wanna cover our kids and honor them yeah. and not, <laughs> not <laughs> expose them in any way that would make them feel uncomfortable. But um, again, I'm just gonna point it back to, um, I have a, a thriving relationship with my heavenly father and sometimes he disciplines me. And what mm. do I mean by that? Well, I'll be... Um, my mindset is off or I'm struggling with some sort of something, I don't know, jealousy or uh, um, unforgiveness, let's say. And it's like um, the Lord will lovingly point those things out to me and he will correct me, but he does it in love and he's not harsh. Yeah. And so the goal is reconciling, because the, the things that we struggle with that need discipline are the things that keep us separated from the Father. Yeah. And so it's like for our, for our kids, it's like, how can I model that in a way where, um, and I haven't done it perfect. I'm not trying to paint this picture of perfection. I mean, our kids could tell stories <laughs> of, of, which is a very much side note, but we, we have a, um, a culture in our house of, of asking for forgiveness Saying, "I am so sorry for the thing that I did wrong. Would you please forgive me, do we, right, guys?" Thanks. And so um, that needs to happen for both ends—not just the kids, yeah. but they need to understand that there is there is an authority. God's God's put an order, a, a heavenly order, in our home. There is an authority and a covering that He's provided for you and your parents, and it's supposed to be loving and life giving and equipping. It's not supposed to be harsh or condemning or overbearing or, or um, shaming us like because that's not how the Father sure. treats us. And so I, again, um, the thing that I said earlier that felt radical to me when I was a young um, woman, but like as I became older and parenting was realizing it's the most practical thing in the world to be spirit-led in parenting, and that includes discipline. So I have found myself sometimes going, God, and I'll just start a conversation when, right there in real time what do I do here? Do I just extend mercy or do I, what do I do? And it's like, the Lord will just give me a strategy right in that moment. And oftentimes it's better than anything. Well, it's always better than anything I could think of on my own. I hope that I'm being spirit led even when I'm not intentionally asking that question. But I'm not just reacting out of anger. I'm not just, you know, I think that's our flesh response is is, um, sometimes when we're struggling with fear, we want to control. And so um, a lot of us maybe even grew up um, feeling that, uh, control or, or anger or harshness attached with being corrected. And I think the Lord does it. Um, the, the word says he disciplines those he loves and you, um, exposed the root word of it earlier. It was, it's all out of love. And so for the times we haven't done it perfectly, we've come back to our kids and said, you know, this was how it should have been done. Would you forgive us? Um, and, and for the times that we have done it, well, hopefully they're growing up with, with feeling you know like there's boundaries that keep them feeling protected and, and healthy and yeah. um, there's no broken relationship between us and them based on our discipline that we've given. It's only brought us back in yeah. with him.
0: Yeah yeah, I'd say them. yes, I think that's yeah. I mean one of these ways where I mean for them to be able to be connected to uh, righteousness and be connected to Jesus is for parents to be able to acknowledge when they 've not acted yeah. in that same way, mm-hmm. so in many ways, um, I think some of the most important part of even our parenting are those moments where we 've had to look them in the eyes and or at least I, I know I have many times when uh, reacted out of a place of the flesh or out of anger or out of uh, frustration or whatever, and to say son or daughter. I, that was wrong of me. Would you forgive me, yeah. acknowledge, and and then allow that and open, so that they're never they're never thinking like, Dad or Mom got it all together, mm-hmm. but they are know keen, they're keenly aware that Jesus is, and so we have we have to keep coming that way.
1: And um, and I I feel really tenderhearted right now in this moment, even just toward people who, um, you know, maybe your kids are raised and and you feel like you know I didn't do it that way or. So far, I haven't done it that way. Um, that was
0: actually my final question. Was just, I'm sorry, you, yeah. No, I'm that's no, it's so good. You. We're going to close this part, we're but because I was yeah. going to actually ask, well, what would what would you yeah. say to anyone that's gone like, uh, you know, either um, I've I've blown it, or I didn't I didn't come, from, I didn't even have that kind of. Many of us did not even have a godly culture mm-hmm. uh, helping raise us in any way, form, fashion. We're we're trying. I would say many of us are often we're generation breakers, trying to create a new reality. Uh, in Christ. So what would you say to those that maybe didn't get to yeah. uh, walk through that or you know, maybe their kids are already out or, or that kind of thing or feeling like I didn't do it right or I messed up too much? Mm-hmm. What would you say?
1: First of all, I would say that the Lord is tenderhearted towards you in that place. He's not condemning. He's not shaming. He's not, um, he's not lording over you with this sense of like you're a failure. I mean, that's not his voice. So Come if on. that's what you hear, you can just tell that voice to go back where it belongs um, because it's just not the Lord's voice, it's not how He speaks to us um, and secondly if um, if there is something that's just welling up in you that it's like you know um, a feeling of diminishment or defeat or sadness or sorrow like just bring it to the Lord like even if you haven't um even thought that way before right now like take it to God and say Lord what do you say about this and if you're having trouble hearing a voice of love or a voice of reconciliation because that's how the spirit speaks to us then then grab somebody in our church family or grab somebody you trust and say I'm having trouble hearing God um I'm having I'm hearing a voice of condemnation and and hopefully what they'll tell you if they're filled with the spirit um, is that there is nothing God can't do come on there's um, you're not bound to anything that you live through generationally there's no bondage that the Lord is is putting over you to go you're just stuck that's what the enemy does he puts us in this corner and just wants us to make feel that we are stuck and that you know it's hopeless and what the Lord does is he he brings us out into this spacious free space with him he speaks life over us he, loves on us, and then he offers um, access to the miraculous, to be quite frank. I mean, it's like, you know, um, it might be a phone call just going son or daughter or um, friend or a parent or whatever relationship that might be even coming to mind that feels broken. yeah. He can. He's not bound by anything that we struggle with. Yes. He's over it all. His ways are higher than ours. He's bigger than, than his ways are bigger than ours. Yeah. And so there's nothing he can't do and that he won't do. Amen. And he's always drawing us in and wanting to reconcile things that are broken. And so yeah. that's not, um, there's nothing too broken for the Lord's power. Amen. There's nothing, I that's mean, it. and we can try to make arguments that that's what the enemy will do. Again, he'll he'll try to make arguments against that. Like, um, we'll hear this and, and something in our spirit will rise up and agree and then we'll get in a quiet space and we'll hear that whisper of like, but she didn't know this and she didn't know that. And it's like, no, be silent, like rebuking that voice really yeah. like very intentionally going, you be silent God, I want to hear what you have to say because your narrative over my life is gonna be full of hope. Yeah, It's gonna give me access to the kingdom. It's going to um, remind me that everything is available to me. I have, there's no, no lack. Um, There's there's nothing too far gone. Yeah. There's nothing too late. So, um. I pray that that's what the Lord can do in my heart while we're still knee deep, waist high, I don't know, head deep, head under, I don't know. In the thick of parenting, we're all the way under, I think, right now. We've got um, eight, 10, 12, and 14, so we're very much swimming. (laughs) But um, we're in that place, and it's wonderful, and it's beautiful, but it is, um, on this side of heaven, it's a beautifully broken journey. It's not perfect, and for those of you who are past that point, there's still, God's not done. Amen. And, he, and, and your relationship with your kids might be awesome and thriving. It's worth a phone call to say, You're my treasure. I'm so blessed I got to raise you. Yep. You know, like, speak that life over them. Like, God reminded me today how much, what a privilege it was. Like, yeah. go there and say it. And, yeah. Yeah. Speak it That's over good.
0: them. That's good. Awesome. You guys stand with us. Y'all, thank Megan for just jumping in here, doing that. Yeah. Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah, for you guys online, we're blessing our kids. They've had, to, and, my, and my son's gonna come up and lead us in worship. So that's pretty amazing, uh, and thankful for that um, uh, as they're getting to cultivate their own life in God. I, I know Megan I could we could tell you story after story of every way that we have fallen short in this parenting journey, and I, just what Megan was saying there at the end has been the lifeblood for us. Which is wherever way we have. F- Personally, fallen short, and we have many times. We get to keep coming back to the King of the universe who makes all things new. And this is the God we serve, and this is why we sing, and this is why we lift our hands, and this is why we bow down because He's making all things new. And so, we're gonna ask God to just wash that truth over us just as we finish our morning out. It's just to say, God, make new in me, refresh, revive, restore do your work of reconciling us to you and giving us fresh vision for the days ahead. Uh, Because the truth is, everything we were talking about this morning, it certainly and without question uh, uh, applies to parenting. But the truth is, it actually is just the kingdom principles that the Lord's drawing us all into. He's calling all of us to that place. And so we're just gonna let the Lord wash over us in his radical love. We're gonna sing this song together. And as, I, as we sing this song, I want to encourage you in this, you guys that are joining us at home as well. Would you ask the radical, supernatural love of God to wash fully and completely over you this morning, to just recharge you this morning? Because no one is too far gone from the radical love of God. No one. There is no broken place that God cannot come invade and make whole and new. doesn't matter. If you were parented horribly, there's a king and a father who's ready to come and parent you new and fresh today. You can be 90 years old. God can come and parent you freshly, okay? So we're going to let the radical love of God wash over us. And then we're going to pray a unique and special blessing over parents before we go. Let's worship, okay?